Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Super random question, but what's the most damage you've ever caused? Whether it be, you know, getting into a car accident, you know, accidentally setting something on fire, something along those lines. Ooh, um, well, despite the fact that I am absolutely a pyromaniac, I've never actually set something on fire that shouldn't have been. So <laughs> knock on wood, been a, been pretty yet. fortunate there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind for sure is uh, back when I was a teenager working on my very first car, which was a 1982 Ford Bronco. All right. Okay? Uh, I had taken it out of the shop at my dad's house. To do something, something that I needed to actually take it outside of the shop to do. Maybe I was like grinding out the bed of it or something. Anyway, so I was going to pull it back into the shop and I tore the uh, casing of the garage door frame off off the wall because oh. I kind of kind of rubbed up against the uh, edge of the garage wall trying to make the turn into the garage bay. Oh, that is a fun one. Yeah, that was fun. That was a uh, pretty fun having to call my dad, who was inside the house at the time, and be like, "Hey, uh, I need you to come out here real quick." <laughs> well, no bueno. Well, mo- most of the damage I've caused has has come in in the form of of car accidents, and luckily they were mostly when I was much younger. But but the reason I brought it up was because I came across this really interesting fact, and you know, after humans. Uh, the the animal that causes the most damage to national and state parks is actually the beaver, uh, and and the evidence of this is damning. The damage done by this podcast is the reason that we're having to quit this season. Chopper out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast. 
Now you're all in big, big trouble. Let me talk to you. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how you doing today? What? Shaking bacon. Not too much. Not too much. We have we have reached October. There is there is a bite in the air. There, there's some colors coming up on the leaves that we haven't seen in a while. And there's postseason baseball right around the corner, Cam. Yeah, there's also colors in my tissues this week because my allergies are a flaring, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, fall. I don't. I never feel like fall's quite as bad as the spring here. Um, but still not fun. Don't recommend. Yeah, yeah. There's always that like first week when the temperatures begin to dip, where I just like wake up every morning and just <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. Anyway. Oh Lord. Well, we have we have come to the conclusion of the 2023 regular season for Major League Baseball. And um as a couple of Braves fans, I I can't imagine how it could have gone better for us. I really can't. Yeah, it's first off, the season went by ridiculously fast. In no yeah. time. It feels like, yeah, and uh, maybe that's just because you and I weren't talking about it week to week. We this season, like all five um, episodes. Yeah, you know, when you stretch 162 games across uh, four or five episodes, it's uh, it's not too bad. Oh, no, God. I. But you know, I, yeah, this season was phenomenal, right? Like, you know, understatement of the century. Uh, Hundred plus best record in baseball you know numerous records broken by individual guys like all oh, that's great we're gonna dive into that in just a minute and yeah I, a phenomenal year that you know i kind of at some point in, in the in the coming you know few days i kind of want to go back and just look at the schedule from this year as a whole like in calendar view mm-hmm. and just like Look at those weird little blips along the way, right? Like obviously we all we all remember the Oakland series where we almost got swept by the Athletics. Uh, uh, do you, Do you remember when Marcel Ozuna was hitting like 087 in May? Oh yeah, like we were all convinced that when he got his ten years of service time, he was done. Like that was the day he was going to be cut, and he ended the year with forty homers and a hundred RBI. Yeah, How? that's a, Two, a 274 average for the year. I don't understand. That is just ludicrous. If anything, though, and, and because I, I am the petty one on this show, if there's two series that still just like stick out in my mind from this season that I wish in a way we could have back, it is the Astros series and the Blue Jays series. Oh man, no, I don't. I don't want that Blue Jays series back because because then I'd have to watch another Blue Jays series. Well, I mean, still there's still technically a way we could have another Blue Jays series. I don't want that. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> I that would, would be, be so so scared, so scared. Eh, well, we still have a solid month 
almost to even have to consider that. So there, <laughs> there's a long way to go. <laughs> well, okay, so I, I guess this opens up the floor for for this question. No, 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 never, never mind, never mind. I'm going to save this question for a little bit. Never mind. Okay. Well, get, diving in a little bit into the the historic offensive season that uh, that the Braves had. Um, the Braves had five batters, five batters with more than 37 home runs and 97 RBI. Or sorry, Seems good. Ah, I'm sorry. Ozzy only had 33, but still had 109 RBI. Just, I just mean, I mean, five, five guys with 30 plus home runs. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, and then the four behind them are 18, 17, 21, 21. I mean, the Braves, the Braves managed to combine for 32 homers from the catcher position this year. I I think you take that any year, any year. Oh, for sure. And like historic slugging percentage as a team this year, the first team in baseball history uh, to collectively as a team slug over 500. (laughs) Crazy, (laughs) crazy numbers. Um. Obviously, there were individual records galore. I mean, first and foremost, we have to talk about Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, he he, so he joined the forty forty club, which we haven't seen a new member of in quite some time. Um, and uh, just a huge deal for him to have forty home runs and 50, and forty steals, and then he had fifty steals, and then he had sixty steals, and then he had seventy steals. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr. created the 4070 club and is now the only member. And it's funny how he hit steal number 70 and then we all collectively looked up and said, wait a second, the Braves single season record is 72. Yep. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like, I didn't even realize that till the next day, actually. Yeah, I think we all kind of collectively noticed it at the same time. We were like, oh, dang, he has a chance here. <laughs> but took, yeah took it, it took it from your boy otis just just a, a wild season for for ronald he, he batted 337 slugged 596 had an ops over over a thousand over eight war on the season like just just genuinely one of the greatest offensive baseball seasons uh i i think we or any other generation has has seen and he is 25 years old. He is 25 years old and only like one year removed from a, recovering from a catastrophic knee injury. And so that, the crazy thing to me. and He's going to go like 50-90 next year. Well, I was going to say the crazy thing to me, and, and I didn't think about it this way until somebody said it once he got 40-40, was that like he has a chance to repeat this oh. again a few times it's yeah he's got several chances he has you know the the promise of ronald acuna uh, let's say is 2023 so let's say seven years ago heck even even six years ago during the 2017 season where like he was really building up in double a you know the promise of what he could be I I just don't think it's hard to believe any of us expected this right 
I mean, like, this, this is essentially what people were saying. This is what they were anticipating out of him. But you hear that out of a prospect and you're like, it's easy to write off because 99 out of 100 prospects, it seems, will have those numbers in the minors and, and just get nowhere close to them once they make it to the show. I mean, you're talking about somebody that is the most electric player in baseball. You're talking about somebody who is probably the the second best and most dynamic player in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I, the only I reason just, he's not number one is because he can't pitch. Yeah. And we're yeah, not exactly. even sure that he can. I feel like we'll see it one day. Like in a blowout when, when he starts getting into his like Miguel Cabrera years, um, yeah, start having some fun when when the, when the Braves suck again in like twenty forty. Yep, there you go. <laughs> He'll be forty two years old in that season. So so Ronald went off and had one of the greatest seasons of all time. Um, meanwhile, Matt Olson. All he managed to do was break the Atlanta Braves single season home run and RBI record records held by Andrew Jones and Eddie Matthews, respectively. He finished the season with 54 homers and 139 RBI. And cut down his strikeout significantly, which Ronald also did this year. That that was another, that was another point. The man literally cut his strikeouts in half this season, but you know, Matt Olson, for as good of a season as he had last year and for however you know how many home runs he hit last season, it, it was pretty much, you know, one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. He either, you know, was hitting for extra bases or he was striking out. And this year he managed to cut down on those significantly. And there was a I can't for the life of me remember who posted the thread, but it was somebody who posted a thread the other day on Twitter, like showcasing different angles of his swing from last year as compared to this year. And basically what it came down to is that he shortened up his stride. He made his swing faster. He got rid of excess movement and man, did it work? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think, I think some of the most fun uh, I've had in reflecting on a season was when I saw, um, I forget who he was doing a show with, but Mookie Betts was doing a podcast of some sort. And he started talking about the season that Ronald's having. And and to hear the guy who is... who is pres- Oh, he, he, he was on a podcast with uh, J.D. Martinez. That's who it was. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah. Who also he- spoke glowingly of Ronald. Right. To hear the guy who... who writers are telling us is competing with this guy for, for, for MVP this season gush about him the way he did was was incredible and and i think that more than anything for me really put into perspective what it is he's doing when oh for sure for sure it, you know the thing that like jd harped on was you know ronald a huge guy but the sound that his bat makes you know mm-hmm. and then of course they, they talked about the the dodgers game where you know ronald had the hardest hit you know, ball hardest hit home run of the season and the face that they caught on camera, Mookie making, you know, Mookie said, yeah, you caught me making that face, but that's because everybody else in our dugout was making that same face too. <laughs> and JD said like, he, you know, he's out on the field and he looks up and sees it and he's like, no, there's no way. 
Like, that's a glitch. There, there's no way it was hit. And then they go to the iPad, and there it is, like, 122.1 or, or whatever it was. Yeah, it, was like, it, it oh. set up on the scoreboard that it, that it was off the bat at 121 miles an hour. And he was like, no way, no way. So they go back into the dugout and use, like, their pro tools. And the whole, oh, damn. <laughs> he really did do that. Yeah. <laughs> Swinging back to Matt Olson for just a second, you know, it is funny how if you think back to spring training, of this year where you know he had like almost how many home runs did he have in spring training i don't remember the number but he was hitting everything out it was like seven or eight or ten or something ridiculous and we all kind of joked that like okay matt olson mvp season here it comes and what's crazy is that you know on any other year the season that matt had could very well have been an mvp season easily easily and and i i if this, it weren't and, for Ronald and Mookie playing out of their minds this year. And, honest, which, and honestly, do not take this as a slight against Mookie because he is an incredible player and in many years would be deserving of MVP. I think there's a, a very real chance he finishes third. There could be, depending on, you know, depending on how the, the voter value, you know, the home run, I, there's a chance. I mean, 54 and 139 is just, just stupid. And, you know, the the 54 home runs thing, that that's very impressive, you know. And, and I, I feel like in a way, because of the season that Aaron Judge had last year, it's kind of being slept not on. Over, very not slept on. Not overshadowed, right? But it's, I don't think it's getting the recognition it deserves. But that RBI number, that that's ridiculous for a couple of reasons. The biggest one, though, you know, if you think about it this way, how do you get RBI? Well, it's because you have guys on base and you're able to drive them in. Think about just the the clutch factor of that, right? To put together good at bats that at in the four slot, which bear in mind, Matt Olson started out as the three hole hitter this season. And then they made that adjustment early on and boy, did it work. Yeah. That um, was a good call. Yeah, it was. And so, you know, for him being able to perform when you have one or two guys on, which is going to happen a lot with where you're hitting, you know, I think that's just a testament of how just, He's not just a power hitter. Like, this is a guy who is a good hitter and can get the ball in play and get results. One thing I just noticed, uh, the Braves had nine batters, nine batters with 20 or more doubles. I mean, yeah. It, <laughs> it, I the, could do this the, all day with these stats. It's it's just wild. Well, there there's that hard hit ball stat that is just... Ridiculous. Oh yeah, they had like double or more the barrels of of any other team in baseball. Yeah, or like and Ronald so, Acuna Jr. had more by himself than any other team in baseball. It's just yes, and the offense has been unreal. But there's also a certain pitcher we need to give props to. Absolutely. Uh, so Spencer Strider, as uh, as I think many people might have predicted coming into this year. Uh, was chasing down John Smoltz's single-season Atlanta Braves uh, strikeout record, uh, which Smoltz held at 276. 
And the Saturday before the season ended, Spencer Strider took that record as his own, getting all the way up to 281 strikeouts for, for this season. Just a, an, an incredible effort from him. And and I, I think indicative of, of the trend we're on for him moving forward. Uh, I, I don't think this is the ceiling for Spencer Strider by, by any means. No, it, it's not. And, you know, you and I were talking about it earlier before we started recording, but I'll bring it up again here. When Smoltz was on the broadcast uh, during the Philly series where the Braves clinched the division, the night of Spencer's start, you know, they showed how close Spencer at that point was getting to the single season record. And Smoltz said that, like, yeah, he's probably going to get it this year. And next season, he's probably going to have 300 strikeouts in a season. I, that, I that Spencer's the betting odds thing, have to be for it. That Spencer's biggest thing is his innings, right? He's got to find a way to get deeper into ball games. Well, that'll probably come, you know, as he gets a little older and a little more experienced. But, you know, for Smoltz, who was the strikeout guy of the 90s for the Braves, you know, for him to look at Spencer, and I think probably, you know, Spencer in a way reminds him of himself, for him to say, like, yeah, this guy's going to blow through the ceiling that I lift, that's high praise. Absolutely. So one one thing I noticed from the pitching staff, it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows, despite the successes of uh, Spencer Strider. Uh, Cam, there were only four, four Atlanta Braves to notch 80 innings pitched or more this year. Can you name all four? Uh, Bryce Elder. Yes. Charlie Morton. Yes. Spencer Strider. Yep. Oh, here we go. This is a tough one, isn't it? 80 innings. Ugh. I should know this. I should know this. You know, for for most teams out there, for most teams, you know, your top four in innings pitched, probably going to be starters, right? It's Jesse Not, Chavez, isn't it? Oh, no, it's Michael Tonkin. How about that? Michael Tonkin, fourth on the Braves pitching staff in total innings pitched this year. And, and... I mean, look, guys, Michael Tonkin is not someone that's going to 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 wow you a lot of the time. Um, but the fact that he came in as a long guy and, you know, sometimes in mop up duty and, and was able to eat up 80 innings for a, a pitching staff that was plagued by injury for much of the year. Huge. Absolutely massive. He also has great, uh, great music. That he comes out of the bullpen. Too. He does. He comes out to the offspring, and then, uh, and then like you know, old dads scream the offspring in the stands. The whitest kids you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah, Max Max Freed was fifth. Had seventy seven innings pitched this year. And that's impressive, considering how much time he missed. It really is. Man, going down this list there, uh, Daisbell, Nikki Lopez, 
has notched two point one innings as a Brave. Let's talk about Nicky Lopez for a second. He's gonna. I I every every bone in my body believed that he was gonna come up in the tenth inning and, and in the last game of the season and break the all time home run record for the Braves. He's gonna give us a moment in the postseason. You know he is absolutely. But, I pointed it out the other day because there was there was chaos on the base paths, and and I just looked at him and he had that like vibe of being in control one hundred percent of the time and was able to take the extra base. And I I want guys that thrive on chaos like that in the postseason, for sure. And, you know, just a rejuvenation coming over from Kansas City, which I mean, that's got to do wonders for your morale, right? So yeah, what a what a what a great guy he has been. What a great guy uh, like Pierce Johnson has been. Pierce in the Johnson's been huge. That was a, a a quietly amazing pickup. Um, Brad Hand was another really good pickup. Um, yeah, and and going into the postseason, we could be looking at a bullpen that has Kyle Wright and AJ Smith Shaver as as potential long relief in case it doesn't go well for one of the starters that's that's an unbelievable stack of guys to have for the postseason yeah i uh i don't hate it especially when you consider a guy like aj smith shaver can just come out of the bullpen and start pumping triple digits at you exactly like imagine like you know you have to bring aj in in like the fourth inning to get you know a couple of innings out of him and then in inning number four here he is just pumping 100-101 at you out of the pen. Yeah, because, I mean, if he, he's out there and starts throwing 100 miles an hour, so if you bring him out of the pen for two, three innings, good Lord, if he can bump that up one or two, that's going to be dirty. Yep. Can't wait. And, and you know, for all the – it's the same it's the same story every year where it's like, oh, I don't know. I feel nervous about this bullpen. Well, find me a team in the playoffs right now that doesn't feel nervous about their bullpen. I, yeah. They're like, bullpen. our bullpen is good enough. If, right? if they were better pitchers, they would be starters. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know – and even then, like, everybody's got cracks in their pitching. Yep. Like, I feel like the Dodgers pitching is a huge question mark. The 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 one point uh, that I'm a little nervous about going into the postseason is is simply the fact that if if we match up with a team whose who's pitching is particularly hot, um, you know, pitching – uh, really good pitching can beat really good hitting in the postseason. We've seen it time and time again. Um, so, so what our staff is able to go out and do is going to be absolutely massive. Well, I think so. The thing is that game, just like last year, that game one is going to be crucial. Absolutely crucial. Because you know, so last year we go, we go game one, Max Freed lose game two, Kyle Wright win game three, Spencer lose, 
And so, you know, you, you got your back against the wall. Well, this year, you know, we're going game one, Spencer, game two, Max. We know that for sure. Game three, we don't know yet. Right. Right. It could be it could be a bullpen game. It could be, you know, Bryce Elder get us get us through the lineup, you know, one time and then we'll go from there. Like we don't know. And so the unknown of that game three, we're, we're diving into to postseason talk, so we might as well just go ahead and jump head first in. But that game one is going to be crucial. But yeah, so getting into the the playoff bracket, uh, with the wild card round in the American League, we've got the six seeded Toronto Blue Jays going up against the somehow always in the postseason Minnesota Twins. Yeah. I, I know, like, somebody had to, but did somebody actually have to make the playoffs from the AL Central this year? Yeah. Yeah, like, did, I guess. Like, did it, did it have to happen? <laughs> I, I mean, because the, the Blue nobody... Jays win this one going away, right? Logic tells me yes, but I don't know. The Twins might actually, like, win a postseason game this year. So I'm knows? still waiting for, for a, an AL version of the Cardinals, like a, an American League Devil Magic team. Maybe maybe the Twins could jump up and be that this year. Nobody – so I hadn't really been paying attention to the race in the AL Central, but nobody was more shocked than me when it was like, and your winners of the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well i mean you could replace that with any other team in that division and it still sounds like crap didn't detroit finish in like second place i think they may have gross <laughs> but yeah the the winner of the blue jays and twins will go on to play the houston astros in the division series uh, in the bottom half of the draw the texas rangers will take on the tampa bay rays in the wild card round for the right to take on the number one seed Baltimore Orioles in the division series. Can we, can we just say something about the Rangers real quick? Please. What the hell, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly, they did. I, I wish they hadn't made the postseason. They did not deserve anything with the collapse that they had. Ugh. Well, they might have had a collapse, but oh boy, there's another team that had a tremendous collapse the last <laughs> two, three weeks. We'll get to them in a second. So who you taking who you taking Rangers Rays? Ooh. I, I have a hard time arguing against the offense that the Rangers have, but I feel like that, that starting pitching is just a question mark. Yeah, like, I'd it's going to be an interesting series. I, I I have a hard time picking that one as well. I, I want to say the Rays just because the Rangers have uh, figured out how to mess up having one of the better rosters in the American League. It, yeah, I mean, if, if anything, you feel like the Rangers are going in with downward momentum into exactly. the postseason, right? Well, and, and, and honestly, the Rays are as well, so... It's a it's a battle for who's going to lose to the Orioles, or at least we hope. So, I, uh, uh, <laughs> just, uh, here, okay. I need I, I need to see an ALCS in Baltimore on TV. <sighs> All right, 
So moving on to the national. No, 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 no. Hang, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Pop, Papa Cam is gonna say some things. All right, let me let me sit back. I am concerned that the Orioles might be young and it's too much too soon. This this feels like to me one of those situations where as amazing of a season as they've had those lights are going to turn on and they're going to be like crap i i i could see things going poorly for baltimore Hope yeah, not. i mean i mean they're they're untested and so that's going to be the criticism so right it, and but the thing is like their windows just opening you know, I, I don't think they're going anywhere and they have a ridiculous farm system still coming up. But gosh, it feels so soon for them. They're the I don't, they're they're the twenty eighteen Braves. Uh I mean not even. Like cause you know, even then the twenty eighteen Braves didn't even win ninety games if I or they might have won ninety exactly. I don't remember. But like we weren't a juggernaut in the regular season. You know, we just happened to catch like a couple of teams we happened to catch Washington having a down year and I, I don't know. I well, just and, and I think that's that's even more to the point of the Orioles are gonna be able to handle this because look at the teams that they were able to hold off in in that division. Right. Like that division's got got three teams in uh in a six team draw. I, 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 at this point, my, my, my gut just tells me that the AL side of things is, is up to one team. Like it, it's, it's, it's one team's race. It, it really don't... is. And, and that's it. What's spe- what makes that especially weird is that that one team that we're talking about, I assume it cameras referring to the Houston Astros um didn't even clinch their division until saturday the day yeah it's weird the end of the season it's weird like out of all of the like with a week to go we didn't know if the astros were going to make the postseason i was gonna yeah i was gonna say like seven or eight days ago there was a very real chance they were not gonna make it in right um and yet now they come in as the two seed and how many years in a row have they won the west at this point all of them. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> out of all of the Astros teams on this run that they've been on, you know, for the past seven or eight years, like this feels like the weakest one. And yet, I feel like it's their side of the bracket to lose. It it's, is. It's 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 it a is. strange. I mean, it's a strange thing. They still have pitching. They still have a really scary looking lineup. Like. Jeremy Pena did absolutely nothing this year, and I have little doubt in my mind that he is going to turn back into what he was uh, two postseasons ago for them. You know what they feel like it, it, in, in a way? They they feel like that mid those mid-2000s Giants teams where – you you all season long you try to convince yourself like no nah, they're not that good are they like I don't know I think they're kind of down there's no way they're that good again right and then they hit the postseason and you're like ah oh, crap they are that good aren't they 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Well, moving on into the National League. Uh First game for first series of the wild card is going to be the Arizona Diamondbacks, who snuck in as the sixth seed against the National League Central champion Milwaukee Brewers. It's a very interesting three game series when you look at the the youth and pitching of the Diamondbacks and and kind of the 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 experience and and uh, and that of the Brewers. Yeah, but when is the Cubs series? Because I, I think they their tickets went on pre-sale last week. So, <laughs> so the Cubs uh, managed to have an an all-time meltdown the final week of the season. Going, they from... lost eleven of their fifth last fifteen games. Uh, eleven and four or four and eleven in your last fifteen is pretty rough when you're trying to make the postseason. Um... <laughs> Some might say it's hard to do. My favorite thing that I saw on the internet was uh, someone posted a clip where where Dansby Swanson was doing one of his interviews in Chicago, and he was talking about how he has this addiction to winning. He has to have it. He gets up in the morning, and it's all he thinks about. And and now it's time for us to congratulate him on on beating that addiction. So strong, so brave. <laughs> Cam, who you got? Brewers, Diamondbacks. Oh, this is an interesting one. And I think this series ultimately comes down to the Brewers pitching because if they can quiet that Arizona offense, then I, I, I can see this being a quick two game series. Because again, I feel like the, in a way, the Diamondbacks have a bit of that Orioles syndrome of they're just, they're young, right? Yeah. They got a lot of young guys and those lights are going to turn on. And, you know, you, you got to figure it out, right? Um, that being said, the Brewers have pitching, and that's about it. Um, <laughs> they have pitching and William Contreras. Yeah, they have pitching and William Contreras and the ghost of Christian Yelich. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, I, I could see this being a two-game series and – the Brewers win by a collective like six runs to three or something. You know, I could see like a three-two game, I, and the, Bre- the Brewers will win games like that. It, I, I I think if both teams are held to like four or fewer, that that's a good Brewers series. Well, I mean, think about think about the other year when we matched up with them. Didn't they win game one one to nothing? They sure did. Because Rowdy Telez put one in the seats, like. <laughs> Damn it. You, you know, yes. that's what this team does, right? And every year the the journalists buy into the brewers and they drink the Kool-Aid and they're like, Well, you know, if there's a team that's just gonna suffocate good offenses, it's, it's this brewers pitching staff. And like they do this every year, but I, and and they they I mean they show flashes of that every year, I feel like, but but never consistently enough to to make a deep run. And did I see today that like Brandon Woodruff could potentially be out? I think he's out for the entire postseason. Um, that, that that's a hit. Yep. Um, I don't know. I I still think it's the Brewers series here. Uh, just depending on what that starting pitching does. See, I I'd like to see the Diamondbacks in this one mainly because the winner goes on to play the number two seed Los Angeles Dodgers, and and I think Diamondbacks Dodgers would be an excellent division series 
Oh, it would be. It, it would be an electric series of two <sighs> kind of similar feeling teams, right? Like no, no, you got the you got the old heads versus the up and comers. Yeah, but like teams that are you know pesky enough that late in the game they might put a three run seventh inning on you. Yeah, just like that where you're like, oh crap, how like, did that happen? It's it's one of those matchups where you just look at it and every game there's going to be chaos in the eighth. Exactly, it's one of those games where like you don't exhale until that last out is recorded because you just don't know like how quickly it could get away from you. That would be a fun matchup. If the Brewers go on to face the Dodgers, I I think the Dodgers curb stomp them in, in a divisional series. Yeah, I mean it's, like it, it it's weird, right? Like I feel like the Brewers can take down the Diamondbacks, but I feel like the Diamondbacks give the Dodgers a better run for their money in the divisional series. 100 percent If I'm a Dodgers fan, I I want Milwaukee. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> because um, if any because if anything you know that your pitching isn't 100%. Your starting rotation is a bit of a question mark. Give me the weak offense. Sorry, it's late and I'm yawning. Uh, <laughs> wake up, old man. All right, well, going to the bottom half of uh, of the National League bracket, there is, uh, there's a lot of NL East uh, uh, representation down here. Um, conspicuously absent would be the $300-plus plus million New York Mets who did not make the postseason, to be clear. In the wild well, that's, not, that, that's, that's not the only absence the Mets have going on because uh, Buck Showalter is no longer employed. That's right. Bring on Gabe Kapler. Oh, God. It's going to happen. Cam, it has to happen. It's going to happen. Gabe Kapler has to be on an NL East sideline. Uh, uh, Okay, can I say something about Gabe Kapler? Please. While while I do think he did some very questionable things as the Giants manager, you know, the constant changing of the lineup, the position flipping, like all these kind of like weird things. He was also pretty much handed like a stale loaf of bread and said, all right, what's for dinner? That's fair. Like, I, it's not like they gave him anything to really work with. They tried to get him Carlos Correa. They were getting ready to have the uh, the press conference to announce Correa. He's the reason I, I will, I, I want it actively um, is, is because I, I just, he's a great villain. He is just the perfect villain for the Braves and Braves fans, I believe. And it's not even like he's dastardly or anything like that. He's just genuinely unlikable. There are no redeeming qualities about right. the man. Right. And, and you know, now Mattingly's gone. So we don't really have that, 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 you know, managerial in-division figurehead to hate. Right. I did see where some Yankees fan on Twitter was saying that they should fire Aaron Boone and bring in Show Walter. Oh no. <laughs> what has happened to Yankees fans? My goodness. Oh, this season broke their brains, I'm convinced. I, I it might have broken mine too if I were a Yankees fan. Thank goodness I'm not. Yeah. 
All right, yeah. but for the wild card end of the uh, the National League, the uh, the National League postseason, you got the My- the Miami Marlins taking on the Philadelphia Phillies for the opportunity to take on your number one seed, Atlanta Braves. So, Cam, do you want the Marlins or do you want the Phillies again? I mean, logic says you want the Marlins, right? Right. But but how (sighs) sweet would that revenge be? Oh, it would be sweet. And, like, if you recall back to last year when I knew we were potentially facing the Phillies, you know, you can remember me being very hesitant about facing them that like, Hey, I don't know about facing, like, you know, I had this like weird gut feeling last year. And of course we know how that ended up. And, and at this, I, at this point, we know that they're a team that, that has the ability to ride a wave of momentum. And, and that's what wins you postseason series. But do you do it two years in a row? I don't know. I don't know. It's uh I, yeah, I, I don't I don't have that and, and like you know, cold takes exposed here. I don't have that that dread about potentially facing either of those teams this year. Like I I feel like, you know, whoever we get, I could see them taking one from us, you know, giving it, you know, making it a nice gentleman series, but I I don't know. I I feel like this team is just too good to not at the very least make the championship series. I just hate five game series. Honestly, I I can't stand them. I wish division series were seven games. Or we could go back to like 1950, you know, 1952 and we could just automatically go straight into a seven game series for two teams from each side, make the postseason. Here we go. You know what? I'm okay with that. It, imagine, imagine if, you know, today being October 2nd, imagine tomorrow, October 3rd, we were just beginning a seven game series with the Dodgers. The winner gets to go to the world series. Oh my God. Like, you finish game 162, and then two days later, it's like, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> uh, that would be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's how it was in your youth. I'm sure you remember it. <laughs> well, hopefully hopefully we'll get to that end result with a uh, with another Dodgers-Braves CS uh, series because that was uh, just awesome a couple of years in a row. So, uh We'll be back here to talk to you a little bit more about it at some point during the postseason, and uh, we'll let you know when that is. But till then, for Mr. Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see y'all next time on a brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye. has been the Chatting Average Podcast. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash Chatting Average Podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash Chatting Average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode. <laughs>